Yeah, I've been through, uh, I've been through one or two storms in my life, that's for sure. And I want to tell you something. We're going to talk a little bit about prayer. I'm going to open the door, uh, highlighting some things about prayer. But when you look at me, I want you to know I'm here today. I'm alive today because people prayed for me. We had a pastor that just passed away a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, one day he was in Sharrington, and I was out on the street witnessing the people. And the pastor passed, and he seen a bunch of guys standing around me. And he said he didn't feel that I was safe. So he turned around and he came back. But before he got to where I was at, God told him, you could go about your business. But stop what you're thinking and pray for Brother Blaze. Three weeks later, I was at church having a church service. And a young man came in there and he said, I need to tell you something. We were fixing to rob you. But we don't know what happened. But we were, we were going to rob you. But somebody listened to what God told them about praying. And God took care of it. That's simple. When you get into a prayer for life, and I think myself and Karen have a prayer for life, and I'm going to tell you how prayerful it is. First thing in the morning, I'm on one side of the house and she's on the other side of the house, and we're getting into the presence of the Lord by ourselves. And sometimes you have to do that. We pray a lot together. But first thing in the morning, we separate and we seek the Lord. And when you seek the Lord, you're doing one of the most important things you can do for the Lord. You're building a relationship with him. That's what he wants from us more than anything else. And that's where prayer comes in. And that's why prayer is so powerful and prayer is so important. Because we're building that relationship. And you don't have to question anything because as it goes along, you can actually feel that relationship grow. We were on vacation for eight days in Missouri. We stayed at a friend's house. Every morning I went my way, she went her way. Amen? And we prayed. Because there's nothing supposed to stop us from seeking the Lord. And I'm going to tell you the other thing I found. When things are going good, boy, he likes to hear us thanking. He likes to hear us praising. He likes to hear us give a good report. Even when things are going bad, he likes a prayer of thanksgiving. Not on Thanksgiving Day, but every day. And, and we need to do that. We really need to do that. Because without him, none of us would be here. But we cherish being in his presence. You know, the, the Bible tells us that we should pray without ceasing. And I used to think to myself, Lord, how am I going to do that? You know, so many things going on. But you know what he told me? You're paying attention to things you don't even need to pay attention to. He said, if you can get on social media and comment to somebody's filthy joke, you're taking away your prayer time for me. And you're hurting me. Because I put you out there to represent me. And my mama used to tell me this. She said, son, people ought to be able to see your lifestyle and know that you're a Christian. 
period. They shouldn't have to ask any questions. But if all fails, open your mouth. Amen. But they love it when you pray. Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of people really don't know how to pray. Or they're afraid to pray. And you're just talking to God. So you pray like you're just talking to your best friend. Because in reality, that's what he is. Or best friend. In Franklin, when I go to Wally World or Winn-Dixie or whatever, there's a big joke with the cashiers and stuff. If I get in line, they'll tell people, please don't ask him to pray for you. <laughs> you know, I had this thing, if, if somebody, if you ask me to pray for you, I don't care where we're at. That's where we're going to do it at. Amen? You wouldn't be asking for prayer, right, if you didn't need it. But the truth of the matter is, I get home in the at the end of the day or whatever, and I'm saying my prayers, I might not remember who asked me to pray. But if I do it right there, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for me because it makes a difference for him because he's saying you're not embarrassed to do that in front of people. And we shouldn't be embarrassed for God. That's why when we go into a restaurant, we should pray for our food. We do that all the time. But uh, at Wally World over there, they don't like to see me in line with a bunch of people, that's for sure. You know, prayer, a, a, a prayer man avails much, the Bible tells us. And that's true. But some of the things we have to learn or some of the things we have to recognize about prayer is that, and the most important thing, we need to be in his will. Because his will is going to prevail. And there's been times I prayed and he, and he answered me, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't like the answer. Amen? It's like, oh, no, Lord, please. And he said, that's the way it's going to be. Two or three days later, it wound up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I didn't resist. And he knows me better than she knows me. In fact, he knows you better than you know yourself. And, and we need to understand that. He created me, so he's got to know me. He's got to know me. He, he created me. So I have to yield to him. And I have to give him the praise and I have to give him the, uh, the glory. But we, we understand that uh, we pray when we come to church. But brothers and sisters, we look at what's going on in this world today. We need to pray outside this building. Okay? I know God is in charge. But our prayers to him about these situations are like music to his ears. He's looking at this destroying world, and he's thinking, look, I got my faithful. I got those who are not afraid to stand up and call me their God. They're not so politically correct that they can't pray in public. They they don't care about what people think. They only want to please me. And that's what we do when we pray. The, The Bible says that the Prayer of a righteous man is powerful. The key there is a righteous man. Amen? I used to pray when I wasn't righteous. I'd get so tongue tied I wouldn't know what I was praying. Amen? Because I was just making a fool out of myself. And sometimes we do that. We don't want to admit it, but the word says we all fall short of the glory. And I'm going to tell you what gets me in more trouble and gets most people in trouble is your mind. Because we have these spiritual principalities, if you will, that we have to deal with every day. 
and we'll decide to do something, and, and the greatest thing they do is plant that seed of doubt or that seed of confusion. But my word says that God is not the author of confusion. So whatever he gives me is the way that we have to go. Now, Ezekiel was a righteous man, the Bible says. And he prayed that they wouldn't have any rain. In three and a half years, it didn't rain. I, I was fixing to say, I was trying to get a hold of him on the way here, but I didn't. But then he turned around and he prayed that it would rain. And it rained. Why? Because God answered all his prayers. From the beginning, God knew what his need was already. God knew whether they needed rain. Now, he knew all of that. But a righteous man stepped up and called upon his God. When he prayed the second time, he had enough rain to produce his crops. See, God listens to prayer. God answers prayer. God responds to prayer. You know, we say God's the Father. That's how we need to look at him. Amen? That he's the Father, that he's in charge, and he's who we need to go to for advice, and he's who we need to go to for whatever it is. You know, people, uh, people sometimes, they put God on the back burner. I found out when I put him on the back burner, that's when I get burnt. Amen? So the best thing to do is put him up front and save yourself the pain and the agony. The real secret for me, and I'm sure this will apply to most of y'all in here, of uh, prayers being answered is that relationship with God. That's what he wants more than anything else. A lot of times when we bring somebody to the Christ, I know I've been to a bunch of churches and they get they accept Christ or whatever, and then we kind of let them go, and we don't explain to them. We don't, we don't feed them the milk. We think they can already start eating the meat. And that's why 90% of the people that make an altar call in six months are not in church anymore because we fail as churches by not going and leading them and guiding them. And what's the best thing to lead them and guide them in? Prayer. They don't have to go spend a lot of money. They don't have to do this. They don't have to do that. Just learn how to pray. Jesus tells us in Matthew, he says, I tell you the truth, if you had the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Move from here to there and it'll move and nothing is impossible. I fought with that for a long time because in my mind I was always in the flesh. I'm going to move a mountain. But I'm going to tell you right now through prayer, I learned that a lot of spiritual mountains that were stacked in front of me have moved. Why? Because God is faithful in his word. And he says, if you have the faith. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Some of them moved kind of slow. Amen. Some of them fell on me, uh, but they got out the way. Amen. The door was open. So when the door is being opened, he opens that door. That's the door you, go, you, you need to go through. You pray for it, so don't turn your back on him then. The problem with it a lot of times in when we read in scripture, we have a tendency to read in the flesh. We need to be in the spirit. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this because it's so important. You're going to spend one or two places in eternity. Smoking or non-smoking. 
Okay? That's it. That's already been decided. You're making that decision. Somebody, people tell me all the time, God wouldn't put anybody in hell. No, but you put yourself in hell. Okay? When you get into the other side, I hadn't been there yet. But when we get there, we're going to be in a spiritual realm. So it only makes sense to me that if I'm going to spend eternity in the spiritual realm, I want to be in the spiritual realm while I'm down here. That's a good place for me to practice. Amen? And in that prayer, being in the presence of God, you can't get any more spiritual than being there and God's holding your hand. You, you can't get any more spiritual. And it's, it's the thing that we need to do is to practice living in that spiritual realm. It, it, we have so many distractions. It, and the devil works in so many mysterious ways. But God will reveal every way to you. And God will reveal the, tre- the truth to you through prayer. I don't know how many times I, I, I had a question and I picked up his book and I opened it up and there it was. Right to that page. My yes or no. It was written in a verse. And all I had to do was read it. But I had to say, wait a minute, Lord. And break myself down in prayer with the Lord so that I could read it from the spiritual realm. Because it's much more easier to understand. We talked about the weapons that we fight, and they're not from this world. One of the things that happens is that, uh, and I've seen this, people get excited for Jesus, and they want to go out and spread the word, but they hadn't really been in the word. I'm going to give you a good example of this. In prison ministries, if you go to a place like Angola, and you decide that you're going to win some people to Christ, there's going to be a big mountain in front of you. Amen? Because some of these boys uh, have no other book in their cell but the Bible. And they got 24 hours a day and seven days a week to counter anything you say. And that's where the devil comes in. Because they'll throw a verse at you that messes up the verse you're trying to throw, tell them about. And all of a sudden, they plant that seed of doubt. Amen? You have to pray a lot when you go on one of those uh, missions when you go to, to service, serve the Lord in that type of capacity. Because these guys, like I said, they, we have a tendency sometimes as preachers, we like to pick up this Bible and beat people over the head with it and think that's how the words come out. Amen? We want to beat people over the head with it and say, now nah, you got it. But why do we beat people over the head with a book that we don't have ourselves? Amen? We have to understand that. We, we want them to get it but we have to get it too. Hopefully first. Amen. Hopefully so that when we're talking, they know that we know what we're talking about. Amen. So we have to look at that. We have to be careful with that. So the first thing about prayer to me is that relationship. No matter how bad things are, or how bad things were, or whatever, when you're praying, you become, you get into the presence of the Lord. That's his words, not mine. You get into the presence of the Lord and you start building that relationship. One of the things that we need to do through prayer is be obedient to what God tells us. That's a lot of times he tells me things like I said, I, I don't like them, but I have to do them. They wound up being the best thing I ever did. But when he first told me to do them, oh, come on, God, not me. Really? 
You, want, you know what he made me do? <laughs> he made me go apologize to people that hurt me. You need to try that. Let me tell you what worked. Prayer. Amen. I prayed and prayed and they said, don't worry about what you say. Just go apologize to him. And I'm not the kind of person that can do that. But he said, yes, you are. And yes, you will. Now, I had to build up a little courage on a couple of them. Amen. But it's been a while. But he asked this question to me. Are you going to live in hell for your unforgiveness? And I'm like, Lord, they did it to me. He's like, what difference does it make? Are you going to live in the smoking section because of unforgiveness? I didn't say they had to forgive you. I said you have to forgive them. Well, I'll tell you, it took a little while to put that first step in front of me, but you know what? The more I did it, the easier it got. The easier it got, the better I felt. Amen? And we got back into, a, a, I would say, a meaningful relationship. Some of these people who had quit talking to me for so long, now they either come to church or they call or whatever looking for advice when they wouldn't do anything before. Obedient to God is so important. Sometimes we pray and we're thinking, I, I want this, I want that, I want it. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's all about him. He was the one that was on that cross. And you know what the Bible said that I did to him? That I beat him beyond recognition. That I, I drove nails in his hands. And you know what his response to that was? Father, forgive him. He know not what he does. Now I want you to take that and swallow that for a second. And tell me how you can't forgive somebody. That's powerful stuff. When our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is on a cross. Beat to an inch of his life. The Bible says beyond recognition. Put the crown on his head of thorns. Pulled the hair out of his face. Besides beating him and doing everything else. And he can look up to his father and say forgive him. Ouch. Amen. You know, he, I'm pretty sure he was praying because that was his prayer. Forgive him. Forgive him. So when, when times are going bad, I often get that picture in my mind about what happened to Jesus and who am I to cry. Amen. I, I burned my finger on the stove the other day. We have an electric stove, and I can't see the flame, so I'm constantly touching stuff I'm not supposed to touch. But after three pounds of butter to try to cool it off and 10 gallons of water, I was sitting there pouting, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, look what they did to my Lord. Amen? He didn't cry. He said, forgive him. And it was like, wow, I felt so foolish, felt so stupid. I started praying, Lord, forgive me. Amen? And, uh, but I did have to use some more butter. <laughs> but we have to learn how to Tap into prayer, if you will. You remember this. When uh, the power of prayer is not the result of the person praying. It's the power that resides in God who is being prayed to. He's the one who's in charge. Amen. And I know people, you know, 
left their souls. I'm not judging anybody. Trust me. I used to be the world's worst judge. I don't judge anybody anymore because I got to stand before that throne myself, by myself. None of y'all can come with me, and I can't go with none of y'all. And his word says that I'm going to hear every word that proceeds out of my mouth and more and more. And it's like, Lord, (laughs) time to pray. Amen. But I know people that I've been around with, they, they, they really, you know, it's a flashy thing for their prayers. You know, it's a spectacle, if you will. And he don't care about your words. Let me tell you what God cares about right here. It's called your heart. And you can say a prayer from your heart, and it can be the simplest prayer. And that guy, and that guy might laugh at you, but he's, he's got a big smile on his face. And he's shining down, looking at you, saying, thank you. Thank you. You see, we have to pray from our heart, if you will. The Bible tells us in First John, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, oh, excuse me, hold up, his will. Okay, uh, he hears us. Isn't that amazing? People said, he never answers my prayer. Well, what did you pray for? Rolls Royce or whatever it was, you know. Might not be in his will today. Amen. I, I'm going to throw this out here and get mad at me fine. Don't get mad at me fine too. But, you know, there's certain things we're supposed to do, such as tithing and stuff. And people that I know that could have a lot more than I have, they won't put a penny, but they'll ask God for everything materially. I don't want nothing materially. I want my soul. Amen. I want my soul to be cleansed the way that God wants it to be cleansed. And the only way he can do that for me is through prayer. It's through prayer. We have an obligation. Amen. He's the boss. We all have an obligation to our boss. Your boss might not be my boss, but he's my boss. Sometimes I I get a little emotional. I have a I have a bad I have a history. It's bad. Uh, I had some things that happened to me while I was in Vietnam that it wasn't until this last year I was even able to talk about it. But I know now he brought me out of that. And I think mostly it was my mama's prayers. Amen. I really didn't know how to pray, but I knew how to pray when I was scared. And I'm not sure if he answers those when we're scared. Amen. But here's, here's the one thing we don't want to do. Let's do not play with God and say, let's make a deal. I used to do that all the time. Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I promise I'm about, and broke every promise. Amen? But so many people do that. I hear people that do it. I hear people praying, saying, if you just do this for me, I'll do this and I'll do that. He already knows you're not going to do it. Amen? So just give it to him. But the, the important thing about here, we can have the confidence if we pray in his will. His will is not going to line up all the time with our will. Amen? The Bible says that God is not man that he could even lie. Amen? And we also says we all fall short of the glory. So obviously there's a big gap. Amen? Between God and us. We can connect the dots through prayer. Amen? In a relationship. But the bottom line is still going to be his will. And when we pray or we ask, we should ask in his will. And when we do, the word says that he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask for, we know we're going to get. Amen? It's just, I like to say that simple, but not for everybody. He will always better you when we go by his will. I know I have willpower. Somebody told me yesterday, I think it was Karen, that I was hard-headed. But uh, what I say is, well, you're not my God. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. But there's a, a thing about that connection with God, if you will. No matter who the person is praying, the passion behind the prayer or the purpose of the prayer, God answers prayers that are in agreement with his will. And you know, sometimes we get what we want because it's the right thing for us. And he sees that and he knows that and he presents that to us. And I figured out one time I wasn't getting anything because I wasn't praying for it. Amen. So I started praying like I was supposed to. And, and, and you have to understand, and I, I, I figured this out, not everybody, like I said, likes to pray or can pray or whatever. It's a process. This whole thing with the relationship with God is a process. But in that process, we need to mature every day. Sometimes we, we get stuck in a rut, if you will, but he don't want us in that rut. Amen? He wants us to come closer to him. I don't know how many times God reached his hand out to somebody. Amen? And they, and they didn't reach their hand back. And that's what he wants. Kind of when I, I went and worked in New Orleans for a couple of weeks after Katrina, and one of the people on the rooftop, somebody came in a boat, and they sent him back. And then somebody came in a helicopter, and he said, no, no, I don't need you. And the water kept coming up, and then finally drowned, and he goes to heaven, and he says, God, I... I've been faithful, I tithe, I do this, I do that, I paint the church, I did all kind of stuff. And God said, well, I sent you help twice. I sent a boat to get you, and you didn't take that. And I sent a helicopter to get you, and you didn't take that. Amen? And that's how we are sometimes. He sends us answers to our prayers, but we don't recognize them. Because we're looking for, you know why? We're looking in the flesh. We're looking in the flesh and not in the spirit. One thing that God wants everybody in this room to have besides the relationship with him And if you have this, you have everything. Trust me. Peace of heart. If you can have peace of heart with God, what else matters? What else matters? Think about it. It tells us that, uh, well, if you want to be in God's will, you have to do it more than Sunday. You have to do it more than Wednesday. Amen. He's an all-time God. The word says that he created the heaven and the earth. And it explains how he made the uh, seven days. So we got five more days in there besides Sunday and Wednesday that we need to be serving God in some type of capacity. Amen. He wants to hear from us. He, he, he doesn't want to wait for the commercial during Jerry Springer or whatever. He doesn't want any of that stuff. He wants us all the time. My word says he's a jealous God. Amen? If he's a jealous God, that means we can't put any other God before him, so why would we go to anybody else? I don't want to get on the TV thing too much because that's a sermon in itself. 
But that's been the destruction of this country. That's where it began, right there, in that little tube. What was the first thing it did? It became a babysitter. So what did your kids watch? As your stomach turns and all these soap operas, amen? So what kind of seed did it plant in these children's heads? And then all of a sudden they wonder why we're having problems with the kids. And I ask people a lot of times, well, as a family, when is your prayer time? Oh, well, we go to church on Sunday. Well, get what you pray for, amen? But God doesn't want us just on Sundays and Wednesdays. He wants us all the time. He answers our prayers. The answer he gives will be pleasing to us or at least more understandable to us when we're in that relationship. I thought at times God was taking stuff away from me when he was actually giving me more, but I couldn't see it. Amen? Bottom line was, I got more. His answers are not always yes, but I can tell you his answers are always in best interest for you when you pray into him. No one knows your better interest than God. No one knows your needs better than God. No one knows your wants better than God. Nobody knows anything about you that God doesn't already know. When our desires line up with his will, we'll come to understand in time how it all works if we put it all together. When we pray passionately and profusely according to God's will, God's responses are powerful. Powerful. Can move those mountains. You can't access God's power by magic formulas. It doesn't work. Our prayers are not to be based on how elegant we can pray in our prayers. We don't have to use certain words and phrases or whatever to get God's attention to answer our prayers. He's already listening once we open our mouth, or should I say, open our heart. Jesus rebukes it in his word, the repetitious prayers. Now, he does use the All-Father prayer to show us how we're supposed to pray, but he rebukes the repetitious prayers that some denominations, if you will, believe you're supposed to do. And the danger with a repetitious prayer that you say over and over again is that now I can say that prayer and watch Jerry Springer. Amen? Because it's merely words coming out of my mouth. There's no meaning at all. There's nothing coming from the heart. It's just words. God don't want words. He wants your heart. Amen? So your heart needs to be in the prayer and your petition to God about whatever it is. Even, and I'm not going to say it this way. I'm going to say it this way, but it doesn't sound. Even if it's just thanking him. You know, it's like people tell me, well, you know, we tried everything. All we can do is pray. Well, you lessen prayer when you say that, okay? What you need to be saying is, well, we're praying first. Prayer was the first thing. But you know what? It didn't work, but we didn't stop. Amen? We're going to continue to pray until God gets a hold of it and God takes care of the situation. But a lot of times I hear people say, well, you know, all you can do is pray. That's the first thing you're supposed to do. We lessen prayer. Prayer is our communication with God. Amen? It's like picking up the phone saying, hello, God. And I'm going to confess this. I do this a lot of times. 
I'll be riding up. I'll be riding on the road. I get overwhelmed with uh, the spirit. Sometimes I pull on the side of the road and start crying while I'm praying. And I'm like, hey, God, this is Brother Blaze. You busy? I'm serious. That's what I tell him, you know. And, and, and I get there and I just talk to him, just like we, we're talking now. I'll just sit there and talk with him and talk with him. But when it's over with, I feel so good. You know why? He listened. He didn't have a telephone. He wasn't pressing all the buttons. He wasn't doing all that. He listened to every word I said. Every word. And before you know it, I got an answer. Wasn't always the answer I want, but I got an answer. Amen? You have to be willing to accept. It's called being obedient, if you will. In songs, it tells us that uh, they, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. Notice what he says. He. Here we go again. He brought them out of their distress. They cried to him, and he brought them. You see, we have too many people walking around, I, 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 me, 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 me. It ain't about me, for sure. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what it's about for me. But they prayed, and he brought them out of their distress. You see, he can still quiet a storm. Amen? He can make the waves of the sea settle down. He can make them hush. He's still in the business of healing people. And man, let me tell you something. All of us, sorry, Mo, all of us, sorry, Pastor, we do not cap into the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that we have the power to do. Amen? We have power to heal people. We, we have a lot of power. And that's one of the things we need to do is start developing and using our power. I had several incidents where I went to the hospital and, and prayed with people. I had one young guy, or well, old guy. Wait a minute, I'm old. Anyway, I had this guy I knew. And I went every day for two weeks. And the first day I walked in there, I walked in with my Bible. And I said, man, how you doing? And he cuts me out. I said, well, apparently you're not doing too well. And I kept going. I went every other day. And I'd go talk with him, and I would listen to his profanity and everything. But when I left, every day when I left, I said, I want you to know me and Jesus love you. Okay. His daughter called me. She said, Brother Blaze, my daddy's asking for you. I said, uh-oh. This ain't going to be good, you know. He didn't call me every name in the book. I don't know what we got coming in. So I went over there and I'm talking to him. And he said, look, he said, the priests came, the pastors came, the nuns came. Everybody came. And he said, I cut them all out. And you're the only one to keep coming back. He said, you never left my room. Now, it's not about me. Just get that out. It's about him, Okay. You never left my room without saying, you and Jesus love me. He said, they came in and gave me my diagnosis. I have one year to live. I went to sleep last night, and I had a vision. He didn't say dream. He said a vision. Vision's a lot more real than a dream sometimes. I left this hospital in a hearse. 
He said, Brother Blaze, nobody brings you home in a hearse. He said, I'm dying. I, I don't have a year. I'm going to die right here in this building. He said, is there any way that you're Jesus? That's all you talk about. You, you make me mad because that's all you talk about. I'll try to tell you something and you want to talk about Jesus. Is there any way possible that he could take me? I'm in my last hour. So we prayed, and then I shared with him about the thief on the cross. And I had gave him a Bible uh, the first day I went, and I don't think he opened it too many times, but anyway, we went to John 14 and 6. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. His daughter called me the next morning and asked, could I go meet him at the hospital? I went to the hospital. He had passed away. He had that Bible open to that verse and laying on his chest. And the biggest problem they had was trying to get the smile off his face at the funeral home. And I told the guy at the funeral home, leave it there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but they said, you don't know him. He never smiled. I said, oh, yeah, I know him. But leave him there. He's going to be with the Lord. Leave the smile on there. We never know what kind of impact we can make through prayer. And I have to tell you all, I had to pray real hard to go back. Amen? Because he told me some things I didn't appreciate. Of course, they get mad at you when you punch somebody that's on the deathbed. But, but there's power in prayer. But that power in prayer, again, comes from that relationship with God. We pray for all kinds of things, but we need to speak to God using our own words. The word of God is full of accounts describing the power of prayer in different types of situations. We can overcome enemies. Boy, we need that right now, don't we, in this country? Amen? We can conquer death. We can heal. We can defeat demons. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if you're in the flesh, it's all right. You're not going to notice it, but you get in that spiritual realm. There's some demons out there. Amen? God, through prayer, opens eyes, changes hearts, heals wounds, and grants wisdom. Man, every day I pray, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me strength, wisdom, and courage, or wisdom, strength, and courage. I, I pray for that every day. And I'm going to tell you, he answered that prayer because sometimes I meet some people that are kind of stupid. Amen? All right? And, and I, I need the wisdom not to say what I want to say, amen, but to say the right thing. My thing walking this earthly path now is I don't want to see anybody burned in hell because I didn't tell them about Jesus. Amen? I, I want everybody to know. They can call me crazy. They can call me whatever they want. I want to tell them about Jesus. I want them to understand that Jesus loves them and that they need to turn to him. There's a lot of power. You know, that prayer changes hearts. I'm dealing some issues right now with some people that hadn't talked to each other in 25 years. And I asked one of them, I said, what are y'all fighting about? Well, be honest with you, Brother Blaze, I don't know. Really? You don't even know what you're fighting about, you know? I can't convince them, but through prayer, God is going to take care of that situation. Amen? Because I lift them up all the time. The way it came about, one was talking to me about somebody else, and they said it's bad because those two people didn't talk, and the mama had to go to one house separate, and 
they couldn't all go to the same place on Christmas. And I said, well, it's just like you, right? Well, that went over like, you know, I made me a friend. Amen. But it was the truth. Pastor Paul said up here the other day, I got so much confirmation from this guy up here the other day. But he said, tell him the truth. That was one of the things he said. God tells them the truth, tell them the truth. They'll get over it. Amen? But you have to tell them the truth. You can't carry hatred in your heart and say you love God. Ouch. Amen? You can't carry hatred or hate your brother or your sister and pray and say, oh, God, I need you to help me. Amen? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. The, this whole book, you read all the stories and everything, but the bottom line and the main connection to everything in this book, Old Testament, New Testament, when you get through with it, everything goes back to love. Love of God. Love thy neighbor. You got this commandment. Amen? We're supposed to love one another. Amen? But that's not what's going on, but that's why we need to pray so that it can come to pass. We need to understand that when prayer is concerned that God is not a part-time God. The God I serve, he's a 24 and 7. You know, I, I found that out. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and he's there. Amen? I, I, I wake up at, well, since I retired, it's pretty nice. <laughs> I wake up, have a cup of coffee, and go back to bed. But anyway, whatever time he wakes me up, amen, he's there. He's there. And if it's, if I'm doing something in the backyard, if I'm doing something in the basement or wherever I'm at, he's there. And we don't know, you know, before we have that relationship with him, we don't understand how we can connect with him by just seeing, seeing the things that he has created. But he's not a part-time God, and he's not a politically correct God. This word has never changed. It was the same yesterday, today, and it'll be the same tomorrow. So, biblical instructions before leaving earth is what the Bible says. Well, I want to jump on that as much as I can and make sure that I'm going down the right road. And what path do I take to get there? It's called prayer. Pray. He says pray without ceasing. Examine your own day and see how much time you can waste in a day on stuff that's not godly, stuff that God probably wouldn't like. But he's not a part-time God, especially the prayer warriors. He's a full-time, on-time, creator of time, and he wants to spend quality time with each and every one of us in here today. The power of prayer should never be underestimated because it draws on the glory and the might of a powerful God. When all else fails, God don't. That's a fact, Jack. Amen? He don't fail. So what do we think? We have to be into that relationship. That's important. We have to pray. We don't have to be confused. He's not the author of confusion. He likes to hear our own words. He likes it when we admit to him our faults, but he's more pleased when we repent from him. Amen? We can't bring our sins to God, and then next week bring our sins to God, and the next week bring the sins to God, and they're still the same sins. Amen? If we don't repent from him, then we didn't do anything, but we told him about him, but we just told him we wasn't going to stop doing them. Ouch. 
He don't want to hear that. He wants us to repent. As you repent, listen, as you repent, you mature. Ouch! Amen? You mean if I stop doing this and I stop? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. If there's something going on and you stop it, it it draws you that much closer to God because that's not in between you and God. Let me tell you, whatever you put between you and God is your God. Remember that. That's strong, but that's what it is. God says, I'm jealous. I want everything. I want all of you. He wants your heart. He loves you. He loves you beyond your own understanding. I just look at myself sometimes and say, God, how could you love this clown? Amen? I did so many things displeasing to you. How can you love me? Amen? He said, confess them to me. Repent from your ways. Listen. The night before I got baptized, the day before I got, the night before I got baptized by fire, amen. How long ago was that, about 15 years ago, Karen? Two years? <laughs> Half an hour? Just to run this story to you. How, how many? Okay. I drank two-fifths of Jack Daniel's single barrel, but I wasn't a drunk, amen. I just like to drink. Yeah, I was thirsty. <laughs> Amen. And I told Karen, going to the Crossing Place Church in Franklin, Brother Brad was there. Boy, a cool guy. Cool guy. Y'all keep his family in trouble. His son is real sick, but y'all keep his family in Man, they're just a humble man as far as I was concerned. And I told Karen this. I said, honey, go on with you to your church. I want you to understand this. Anybody start speaking in tongues, they start jumping over the pews, they start dancing in the halls, you go to 1207 Weber Street, I'm going to be there with my fifth and the barbecue pit will be on. I'll be cooking for you. Amen? Oh, but you told her about don't do, do, do. I said, okay, I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. Well, I wasn't in there two minutes. Rachel that was singing there, she's got this old New Orleans-style voice. She's singing, I'm in love with Jesus, and he's in love with me. And those words didn't just go to my ears. They went straight through me. It was just like you took a sword, and you went through me. The lady sitting behind me started speaking in tongues. In fact, her tongue went in this ear on me, and it came out the other and was waving in my face. <laughs> then somebody jumped over the pew. I said, well, I'm going to get that fifth. I'm going to get that pit lit. Amen. I was standing, and that song kept I'm in love with Jesus, and he's in love with me. And I'm in love with Jesus, and he's in love with me. I turned to walk out, and my feet wouldn't move. I honestly thought I had these big diver shoes on or something. You know, my feet were just heavy. I couldn't move my feet. And when it hit me, I didn't play let's make a deal with God. I said, God, if this is true, this is my prayer. Boy, you pray for stupid things, I guess, you know, times like that. But I said, God, if this is true, I don't want you to take the sins out of my life. Leave them right there. What I want you to take is my desire to sin. Because if you take the sins and you don't take the desire, I'm going to be battling. I know right now you want me working for you, so that's something I don't need to be battling. Okay? 
was the, was the alcohol and the drugs. I don't need that. And you know God's an awesome God? Haven't had a desire, a desire to have a drink since that day. The only thing I want to drink is from the Holy Spirit. Living water. Amen? Because that living water is what's it about. Why? It's anointed by God. Amen? So we need to ask ourselves some questions. God did give his only son so that we, if we believe on him, we can have everlasting life. Jesus, the creator and eternal son of God, he lived a sinless life. He loved us so much that he died for us. We need to comprehend that. Taking the punishment that we deserved. I know I deserved it. And he was buried. Then he rose from the dead according to this true and ever-living word of God. So if you really believe that you trust him in all your heart and you want to get this prayer uh, going the way it needs to be going, you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? We have to do that. We honestly do it. Amen? Not with the mouth. Not with the mouth, but with the heart. People, people have a misunderstanding sometimes. They say, well, I know so-and-so accepted Christ, but he didn't change. <laughs> well, I was looking in there. If you don't change, you didn't really accept him. Amen? You did the mouth job. All right? He wants to hear the words, but he wants to hear them from our heart. Deep in our heart. Amen? So we have to do that. We need to receive him as our Savior and declare that he is our Lord. That way we can be saved from judgment in eternity. You'll be in the non-smoking section with me. Amen? And you won't have to worry about me drinking or doing any of that other stuff. Amen? Because we'll be all cleaned up. But God answers prayer, brothers and sisters, and we need to understand that. And the answer to prayer is that accepting Christ and being in that relationship where it's you and him. Amen. We might have families. We have everything or whatever. It's nothing wrong with getting the family together and praying. He wants us to do that. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how we're supposed to lead. That's the things that we're supposed to do. But he wants that personal relationship with each and every one of us in here. That when we call on his name, his ears open up. And he hears everything that we say. And when we learn how to do it and pray for things in his will, we start thinking, start rolling together. Might not be exactly like you thought, but it'd be like he thought. Amen? And he's the boss. Amen? We have to give him all the praise, and we have to give him all the glory. Amen? And amen.